0: All those kind of educational content pieces go a long way to not only helping them feel more comfortable with you because they feel like you're giving them the information, uh, but it also just demonstrates that, you, again, you actually know what you're talking about.
1: You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 358, and today we're going to discover how to build and earn trust with audience-engaging content. You ready for this? Let's get started. And today we're talking about trust building. Trust is such a crucial part of our online presence of building a connection with potential buyers, with how we can collaborate with people in our industry to open up more opportunities for everybody. I like to consider it like a win, win, win. And I think there's a lot of concern these days about trust. I think trust is earned, and our guest expert today is going to reveal how we can intentionally build that trust through creating the right kinds of content. I'm very excited to share her with you. And before we drop in, I want to talk about another place where trust can be earned and developed, and that is through how you position your authority. Your authority is either helping to illuminate what you are trustworthy to deliver, what problems you solve, having a very clear and concise message that showcases the kinds of clients you work with and how you are uniquely qualified to help them achieve the goals and outcomes that they're craving in their life. We call this creating irresistible, compelling, messaging, I like to call it magnetic messaging. I have been working with entrepreneurs and experts for close to 23 years, oh no, actually over 23 years now. And there is one thing I know is that when more than one person is seen having a similar type of offer, the person who exudes more authority and wins their trust is typically the person who lands the business, whether or not they are the most capable and the most qualified. And in the world of online marketing, having content, there is a lot of ways to build that authority and position your expertise and earn that trust. We're going to learn about one of them today, but I also want you to understand that your presence in front of an audience, in front of a podcast listener, in front of a Audience full of buyers, wherever that audience is, this is a shortcut. This is a quick path to building a million-dollar visibility brand and to be able to stand out quickly. I have a couple of spots open right now to work privately with me in my 100K Authority Accelerator. This is a very specific process designed to help you generate at least another 100000 this year while you're building a million-dollar visibility platform that cannot just make a greater impact, but can also create sustainable profits on your path to making a bigger difference in the world. So if that sounds like something that's interesting to you, check out the show notes. I want you to go to melaniebenson.com forward slash fast track. Let's book a consultation. Let's do a session to uncover what your million dollar visibility platform is. And more importantly, what might be standing in the way of you actualizing that. Okay, so melaniebenson.com forward slash fast track, and let's get you on track for more impact, more income, and more influence. All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, we are gonna develop more trust, more connection, and more rapport with our audience through our content. So let me introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Melanie Diesel, and she is a keynote speaker An award winning brand, branded content creator who is passionate about helping individuals, teams, and organizations unlock their creative potential and organize their efforts. She's the author of both the Content Fuel Framework, How to Generate Unlimited Story Ideas, and Prove It, exactly how modern marketers earn trust. And she's also the co founder of the Creator Kitchen. Melanie, I am so happy you're here with me today because I think what you do is so magnificent.
0: I can't wait to dig in and share you with our audience. I know. I'm excited for us to chat, and I think it's uh, it's really important these days especially. So,
1: mm-hmm. Well, we have so many different platforms, so many different content sharing opportunities, and I know sometimes people get very overwhelmed by all the things yeah (laughs) the bazillion places (laughs) and i think a lot of what we're doing is really lasering in on what is the content that really moves the needle what's the content that really bonds and connects us and you know we talk a lot about standing out as an authority as um, someone who should be trusted and wants to build connection and i think that connection building um Activity is what can set you apart from so many other people who just
0: spew content out everywhere, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that overwhelm is, it it can kind of create two things. Either you shut down and then you're not taking advantage of those tools. Or as you said, you're just kind of putting stuff out all over the place and you've sort of lost your key thread of what makes you and your expertise so special because you Mm -hmm. feel like you're on this hamster wheel of content. So it is definitely important to kind of back up and think about the role that these tools can play for you, how they can help you attract clients, help you stand out, help you share your message so that you're not either overwhelmed or just kind of shooting from the hip all the time. Yeah.
1: Well, I may have um put the put the um buried the lead or how do they say it like uh, already put the big um fish out on the table. <laughs> but I think you really bring a good point about building trust with our audience and so tell us a little bit about why it's so important to really focus on this as part of our
0: content strategy that building trust part. So the trust thing for me is like the super metric, right? We're measuring so many different things in our business, but all almost all of those things that we're measuring require trust for them to happen, right? People don't do business with people they don't trust. They don't subscribe, they don't turn over their data or their, you know, payment information. So trust is sort of this super metric that that underpins everything else, which is is part of why it's so important and why it can be so impactful. The other thing about trust is that it has never been more important than it is right now in this marketplace that we're all operating in, that we're all building our brand in. The data shows that people have always been skeptical, right? There's always been folks who are skeptical, uh, who are maybe kind of inclined to distrust brands, but uh, that's actually skyrocketed in the last five to 10 years. And we see that actually the majority, so greater than 50% of folks say that they are inclined to distrust content that they see from a brand until they see evidence, right? So they are basically doing default to doubt, skeptical. I can't trust anything until I know for sure. And I think if we think about like our own consumer experience, like, you're getting the spam emails, the spam text messages, the robocalls, the junk mail, like we all know that there's folks out there trying to kind of trick you. So, you know, defaulting to doubt is smart for them. And it's an opportunity for us to kind of stand out by providing that proof and overcoming that skepticism. Mm -hmm. Well said. And as you're sharing some of those examples,
1: I was even thinking of the people who are sliding into your DMs and they're pitching you these, um, extraordinary opportunities to solve your biggest problem in like a nanosecond. <laughs> and I think what you're saying is content's a way of backing up and and almost like flipping that pitch to you've
0: got people coming to you because they're seeing what's possible through your content. Do I got have got that right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So another thing that we call content marketing, which is what I would say this falls into is inbound marketing for that exact reason. If we're putting out the proof, then hopefully the right people are finding that proof or passing it along through word of mouth and, and folks are coming to us, which as a, you know, from a business standpoint is great. I would love to have leads coming, coming our way, you know, rather than having to go out and get them. Um, but it also just does a really good job of demonstrating how good you are at what you do. And so, if someone does come to you and they're doing a little bit of diligence, you know, clicking around on your website or checking you out on social, they're going to say, okay, this person really knows what they're talking about. They weren't just, you know, it wasn't just a cleverly worded cold pitch email or something like they really know their stuff. So it goes, it kind of can go both ways for inbound and, uh, you know, for the folks you may be reaching out to who want to double check if you're if you're the real deal
1: so my mind's getting super curious, what kind of content would do that job for us? Maybe you could give us some examples or what you see um, really reinforcing someone's uh, trust factors in their content.
0: Absolutely. So there's kind of three different things you can do. So we can go through them each and and we can do some examples. But uh, the first one is corroborate. So think like you're in a courtroom, you always got to bring your witnesses and you got to bring the experts, right? That's how you build the case, you get people to, to believe the things that you're saying. So this is something you might talk about as testimonials, case studies, Social proof, it co- goes by a lot of names, but essentially, we're looking to find other people to say the things that we want to say about ourselves. So, this is a really good opportunity to help them see you know, it's not just me. I have whether that's experts who back me up, whether that's endorsements on your book, whether that's testimonials for your services on your website the fact that you have other people echoing those things that you're saying adds so much credibility to any claim that you're making. So corroboration is that first one that you definitely want to dig into. The second one is uh, what I would call demonstration. So this is where you're like showing off what it is that you know. So this is probably going to be really particular to your industry, your services, your expertise. But the idea being that You don't have to tell them if you show them, right? So if you show them the work that you're doing, you show them the results that you create, you show yourself in action, then you don't have to say, I'm an amazing public speaker. You should definitely have me at your event. You could say, look at my demo reel. You can watch and see how I engage with the audience, how I carry myself on stage. You can let them see it and experience it rather than telling them. So you have corroboration, demonstration, and the last one is education. Basically, a lot of times our audience doesn't actually know enough to be able to understand the business claims we're making. They might not be problem aware of the problem that you're trying to solve. You may need to help them understand why it's important to solve. Uh, it may also be really technical. This is especially true if you're selling product or service to someone who's not your end user. So like if you're selling to, you know, the chief information officer and it's going to be the engineers who are using the software that you sell for example or uh, you know you're selling kind of second-hand services to someone's team and the leaders making a decision they may not know the right questions to ask they may not understand why it would be beneficial to their team so being able to educate them whether that's like how-to content or you know words to know questions to ask things to consider all those kind of educational content pieces go a long way to not only helping them feel more comfortable with you because they feel like you're giving them the information, uh, but it also just demonstrates that you again you actually know what you're talking about. It's kind of like uh, like the mechanic experience. Have you ever had that experience of going to the mechanic or some other sort of repair person, and you're like, I'm not sure that they are giving me the full story. Like maybe they're doing more work than necessary. Um, that's what we can kind of combat by saying, "Look, I'm showing you," you know. Just so you know, this is this part. This is how it works. This is why it's important. And so we're going to be swapping that and doing this. That kind of education just builds a, a much more trusting relationship. Hmm. I like it.
1: And I could see how that would play out. And, and you're mentioning, giving some examples of really big companies, but I'm assuming yeah. this works whether you're a solopreneur yep. or you're a multimillion dollar business with a yeah. lot of moving parts, right?
0: Yeah. So a hundred percent. So Um, like if you're a solopreneur, that's a speaker or an author or a coach of some kind, like this is the same stuff, your clients, your, your contacts, they're going to want to know that you have your expertise. They're going to want to see, uh, testimonials and corroboration from past clients or, you know, past, uh, you know, customers that you've worked with. Um, they're going to want to know all of that. And especially if you are selling any sort of physical product, maybe you're a maker or, you know, you are a craftsman of some kind and you have, you know, this sort of, Expertise about a particular product. Same thing, you know. Even even if you are an individual, uh, you still are going to have skeptical consumers uh, out there that you're going to have to try to win over. So, no matter your size, it's definitely beneficial to be creating this type of support content or earn, earn trust.
1: I don't know if I'm getting too granular here, but um, I'm wondering. You know, we content can mean a lot of different things. It can mean sure. anything from your social posts to a podcast to mm-hmm. a book, right? What are some of your favorite forms of content that, let's say, someone who's more in a smaller business, they're more entrepreneurial, they're um, they're an expert based business that's trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, they're probably one of a gazillion vendors who do something similar,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, standing out is going to be is going to be extremely important in that space, especially. So uh, my personal favorite is writing. Um, That's I I was a former journalist, and so writing is always like. I call it like my first content language. It's where I'm the most native and the most comfortable. Um, and I think everyone has that. There are some people who just light up on video and they want to talk and, you know, they want to schmooze, uh, they want to show their personality. There are some folks who, are great talkers. And they don't want to be on video, but they shine in audio. And then, of course, there's folks who love taking photos or uh, or writing. So I think you want to consider, like what's your preferred way to show up and then make sure that that's going to align with your audience and choose based on that because, You don't want to sort of convince yourself that you're not good at this or like you're not your content's not working just because you're forcing yourself to be in an environment where you can't do your best work. So for me, that's always going to be writing. And then secondary for me is is uh, audio and speaking. That's where I where I like to hang out as well. Um, but you know, the format matters a lot less in the long run than the focus, like what it is that you're talking about. So don't stress too much if, you know, you don't have to go on TikTok and do dances. If that's not for you, if that doesn't align with your, uh, your skills or your comfort level, find the place where you can show your, you know, show the strongest parts of you and the most important skills you have in a way that you're comfortable so that you can deliver your best stuff.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you can weave in. Your these three pillars that you mentioned earlier into pretty much any content platform, but the the key, at least in my mind, is the consistency of it. It's like kind of um, yeah. rotating through those different pillars, so you're not just stuck in one gear.
0: Yeah, definitely. So corroboration is really easy to kind of fall back on if you have a lot of testimonials or reviews or anything like that. You know, client case studies and to forget to do some of the others to actually like show yourself doing these things and achieving these results, not just talk having others talk about it as well. Um, and same thing for education. I think for the most part, uh, those of us who are in sort of a, an information-based business and expert-based business, we're selling ourselves and our experience and expertise are usually pretty good at the educational content because that's a lot of what we're doing, you know. So uh, I don't think we'll probably have a shortage there uh, that, you know, these smart folks that are listening are are going to be good on the educational front. But mm-hmm. uh, important to remember that showing you doing this stuff is is really key to helping people see how truly amazing you are and how much you really know.
1: So don't you talk a lot about the importance of stories and I think stories sell, right? Like we all know we've heard, we hear stories and they stick with us and we hear, see ourselves in them and, and you know, like some stories are just so good. Like they play out in our mind over and over again. Like, how do you see stories fitting into this model that, that you're outlining for us today?
0: So the way I like to think about it is that everything we are doing is part of the customer story, right? This is whether we think of it that way or not. They started looking for a solution. They found your site or your materials. Like they are creating an arc for themselves. They are the hero of this story. And so thinking about how you fit in there, right? Being really focused on benefits as opposed to features. Like what are they gonna get out of this? What can you do for them? Make sure that you're gonna fit into their story really well. Um, but if you're thinking about like what kind of stories to tell uh, in all your different content on social or email or your website, there are so many amazing frameworks out there that can really walk you through different ways to approach it. So things like uh, Story Brand from Donald Miller um, or Tamson Webster has something called the Red Thread. Uh, we have the Hero's Journey or the three-act structure that you may have learned in like, you know, high school English or or theater. So there's lots of ways to structure stories. But I think if you keep that customer story kind of at the back of your mind as at, at the focus, I think you'll find that no matter how you structure it, it's going to fit in for them much better. Hmm.
1: So I like to kind of bring things into actionable like chunks, right? Like, yeah. what's one thing we could do right now to start? Like, if if all we have is space to just do one thing, that's really gonna help build that trust back up and stand out online. Like, what is that one thing you would advise somebody to start incorporating into their uh, content strategy to bring more trust into the audience they're building?
0: So the one thing I would do is I would find a post-it note or you know on your desktop, whatever works for you, a reminder that says, where can I show instead of tell? That little reminder, just whenever you're going through the stuff you're already doing, you don't have to overhaul or create anything new. Just as you're going through your content creation process, asking yourself, is there a way I could show them this instead of telling them this? Could I have include a photo? Could I do a time lapse? Could I, you know, bring in some something else that really demonstrates this instead of just saying it? That little reminder, I think, is a good way to kind of sprinkle more proof into the stuff you're already doing. Mm, I love that. Okay, so can I just dig a little deeper into that one for a minute? Yes. I, we have so many people
1: who are service providers. So if you're listening mm-hmm. in and you're a service provider, you probably, you might be thinking the same question I'm about ready to ask. Um, How would that show it work for somebody who's like a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Or somebody who's having an interactive experience with their client, they're consulting them, they're sure. maybe they're a virtual assistant of some kind, something of that nature.
0: So a really simple one that I love to give everyone is uh, you do work to prepare for your work, right? Uh, My friend Phil Jones calls it the work before the work. And you can do a time lapse or a photo of that process of you whether that's doing research, whether you're prepping notes for a talk, whether you're uh, arranging post-its on a wall to decide what your programming is gonna be for that consulting workshop you're doing. You have work before your work that you can document to show. Again, I'm prepared is one thing. Seeing me surrounded by the post-it notes and the note cards and all the papers, like you could see that I'm preparing, right? Instead of a description, an adjective, now it's a verb, like here I am preparing. So there's always something you're doing that you can share. Um, I think a lot of times people think, uh, they, they may have concerns about like privacy, right? Maybe my clients or my customers don't wanna be, uh, they don't wanna be quoted or seen and that's totally okay. Uh, that's where you just start mining your own everyday work, the things that you're doing uh, as a way to, to show what your work looks like and, and show that you're out there doing this every day. Um, if you travel for work, for example, Photos of you at the airport on your way. Hey, I'm I'm headed out to uh, I just came back from Ohio. So I'll use that example. I'm headed out to Ohio to do a, a corporate workshop, like really excited to talk about this particular topic. Um, you know, here's what I'm doing on the plane, right? I'm gonna be reviewing my slides or something. Just demonstrating, like, I'm out there, I'm doing this work, I'm traveling to my clients, I'm delivering value. So just look at those everyday interactions and, and think about how you might be able to share them in a really easy way with your audience.
1: Uh, such a great idea! It's like my mind just started firing off all of these yes, ideas in I my head. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> but it, in a way, it's kind of like that's the behind the scenes, is what yeah. I'm hearing. It's like what what happens to get ready is such a great way to remember. You know, yeah. it's not what you're doing on that call; it's the preparation you went through, or the you know things that you do before that people never hear or see. So, such yeah. a great
0: idea. I love it it's sort of like if an athlete, if you think about it, right? Like all athletes, they're, they're amazing. They're in the pros. Like they're, they're great, but it's when you see them like, you know, uh, working out really early in the morning, or, you know, they're, they're kind of leading a camp for a local school. You're like, Oh, they're standing out. They're different. They're not just an athlete. They're also really dedicated or really committed to their community. So Mm -hmm. that, that behind the scenes stuff is a, is a huge opportunity to stand out.
1: I love it. Such great idea. Now, um, I just want to touch on this book that you mentioned, or I mentioned as I introduced you, your new book, Prove It. Uh, and, and it's very intriguing title. Like, I was like, ooh, I love the title. <laughs> and so is there anything we haven't talked about yet
0: about how we prove it in content that you yeah. want to bring into the conversation? So one thing to think about that um, I talk about in the book and we haven't talked much about here is that there is a lot that we are saying that we may not realize we're saying. So one of the first things you want to do, if you have the time and if you're able to dedicate it is really go through your materials, whether that's your website, your email, social, any sort of like sales you know, presentations you have, um, rate card, whatever it is that you have and look for all those clues that could be making a promise, making a guarantee, setting an expectation. Because you might, as you're writing copy or as you have someone else writing copy, you might throw out a word like simple or easy or fast or efficient or anything else that you don't think of it as a promise, but that's a promise that you're making, right? You're setting an expectation for your audience. And so identifying those claims is a really good place to start because it helps you kind of have a checklist of these are the things I need to prove. I need to prove that I'm fast. I need to prove that I create results. I need to prove that I work with high performing, uh, you know professionals as my clients. So it kind of gives you like a checklist of the things that you need to demonstrate and, and corroborate. Hmm.
1: That's such a um, clever way to reinforce what I think many of us do out of habit. Like I I know I do that. Like I think about that all the time. But I never thought about it in the context that you have in the book. And so if you're listening in and you are Ignite, because I know the Ignite Mastermind members do listen to the show, just know I'm buying this book for you. So don't feel like you have to run out and buy it. I'm buying it for you. But you can buy it and give it to a friend. That's that's okay. But uh, I will be buying this for the Ignite Mastermind because it's such an important um, strategy to make sure we're incorporating. So thank you. Thanks for writing the book.
0: Thank you. I, it was a, It was a joy to write, I think. Um, I'm really lucky to get to do the work that I do. A lot of it is education. And I think this stuff can be so impactful for a solopreneur. You know, we're all strapped for resources. We're all wearing a lot of hats. And so if we can make the content we're already making, kind of do double duty and also be earning trust that saves us a lot of time and hopefully makes an impact on business.
1: Absolutely. So, um, cause I have been bringing up
0: the book, how could somebody find the book uh, when they want to buy it? Yeah, so Prove It is available at a lot of the places you like to buy books. You can find it in Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, you know, wherever it is you do your book shopping. Um, it's also available online, of course, you know, Amazon and, and the rest. Um, but you can also uh, head over to my website, storyfuel.co, storyfuel.co, and there's lots of information there about where else you can buy the book. Um, my top recommendation, if you can, is to, to request it through a local bookstore or your local library um, or to shop at bookshop, uh, bookshop. Bookstore.org, bookshop.org. I gotta double check. Book but bookshop.org so that you can identify a local, um, a local business, a local bookstore that you can you can buy through, help support your community. I
1: love that you said that. I always try to choose my local small business instead yeah. of going for the big ones. But um yeah, I think that's a great idea. Find your local bookstore and support them and ask them to order it if they don't yeah. already have it, right? <laughs> So this is the time in our conversation that I like to um, help people get to know you a little bit more. Because again, I think that's a big part of that trust and rapport, right? Mm Is like they know who you are as a human being uh, and as a business owner. And I'm always fascinated by the big, bold moves people make to get where they are today in business. So what would you say is the boldest thing you ever did to amplify the success of your business?
0: So I don't know if this quite counts, because it's at the start of the journey. So let me know if I'm if I'm breaking the rules. But um, for me, I always think back to when I first left uh, a really well paying corporate job to start my own thing. For me, that was incredibly scary. You know, I had worked really hard to get to this this role. And so being brave enough to kind of take that leap to say no to a corner office and a great paycheck, because I felt like I could make a bigger impact on my own. Uh, I'm always, that's one of those things I I feel like I'm still proud of myself for, for making that leap.
1: I don't think there's any rules, so you get to share whatever (laughs) (laughs) bold move feels the boldest to you. And I think for a lot of people listening, they are still one foot in, one foot out, or one foot in corporate, one foot in the new business. I guess is a better way to say it. And hearing that those bold moves pay off, um, yeah, that's exactly what somebody might need to hear today. And by the way, that's one of my top three bold moves. Is Leaving behind my cushy corporate job with a, mm-hmm. you know, like a paid car for a car and you know an expensive account, and Ugh. I'm like, okay, I'm walking away from that security and I'm starting mm-hmm. this very unknown thing. And, I know, uh, and that's, it paid that's, off.
0: That's that's where the magic happens, right? That's where we where we make a big difference. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think you know I talk a lot about the power of decisions, and I think really. That is the, the crux of it is got to make the decision to leap and the pieces start to fall into place. So, all right. What is, uh, if you're looking back from today into that moment that you Mm -hmm. made the big leap and left, what's one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Because now you know how impactful it was going to be to your business.
0: Work with others. I think there's sometimes in, especially like in a solopreneur, you know, a coach, a speaker, an author, there's this idea that we're competing with everyone else who does what we do. And I have just found that partnerships, working together, collaborations, cross-promotion, those kind of things have been so much more of an asset than a risk. Uh, You know, we have this sort of rising tides, lift all boats uh, mentality. You you find yourself having so much more success, you know, Um, recently uh, founded, Uh, the the creator kitchen with a friend of mine Jay Akunzo we've been fellow speakers we both talk about creativity and creators Um, and so it's really easy some folks might think like oh you guys are competing you're going for the same jobs but really we have so much overlap in our values and the things that we love to teach so it made sense for us to team up and we're doing something that neither of us could have done alone so I think embracing embracing collaboration embracing working with others in your space uh, is something that you know you can't do soon enough.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the co-creative energy that happens when we collaborate, you know, there's always something so much more powerful we can create with someone where there's synergy and alignment than doing it on our own. So thanks for sharing that. Well, Melanie, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, picking your brain a little bit, <laughs> and to hear about how people can prove their power and the results they're creating through their content. And I highly recommend you go get a copy of this book, Prove It, at your favorite local bookstore. And we'll also link up the, uh, the official page uh, in the show notes if you're scrambling and trying to find it wherever <laughs> you're looking. So thank you, Melanie. Thank you for letting me share my story.